Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. In a world where people need 80s and 90s movie reviews, two regular Geordies combine forces to bring you the Brother to Brother 80s and 90s movie review podcast. Check them out on Twitter, YouTube, and all decent podcast vendors. Welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Geordie Jedi Pete, and this is a very special episode with a very special guest. I am joined by book writer and documentary filmmaker, David Whiteley. David, how are you doing? Well, I'm very well, thank you, Pete, and I'm very flattered to be invited uh, onto your podcast, so thank you very much. I hope I'm, I hope I'm not that boring. Uh, live up to your, your, uh, your podcast name. Uh, but I hope you'll find some of what I say interesting. Well, I've got a lot of cool questions. Um, obviously, you've made some really cool documentaries, wrote a really cool book, so I'm excited. I'm sure we're going we're gonna to have a great conversation about Star Wars. Thank you. You too. I just want to dive straight in. Um, sure. Obviously, what's your first memories of Star Wars? Sort of how did your journey begin into wow. a galaxy far, far away? Well, I'm one of these irritating people that has, uh, uh, as Gareth Edwards, the director of Rogue One, put it, the most Star Wars birthday he could possibly imagine. I was born on May the 4th, um, 1977. So, you know, the year Star Wars came out. So I was, it was, it was already there as I, you know, as I was growing up. Um, my first memories were seeing it on VHS um, and falling in love with Star Wars. Um, and of course, The Empire Strikes Back. But the film that really has um, a strong connection with me is The Return of the Jedi, because it's the only one I got to see uh, of the original trilogy in the cinema. Um, as it came out in 1983, I was six. I remember distinctly going with my father and and uh, and seeing it in Southend uh, in Essex. And then on the way home, he bought me an Ewok uh, toy uh, figure from our local toy shop. And and I just I just remember just Star Wars was everywhere. Star Wars was everything. It was it was the obviously exploded in the 70s when it came out, um, and and certainly in the early 80s, it was very big. Um, and everybody pretty much loved Star Wars. Um, it was on lunchboxes, it was T-shirts, it was bedspreads, it was posters, of course it was the toys, um, and I, you know, I was one of these you know, lucky kids that actually got a Millennium Falcon, um, which I still have to this day. I've still got my Millennium Falcon. It's a bit battered, and uh, a few years ago I spent a, a, a disproportionate amount of money trying to replace the pieces uh, from eBay, um, I probably could have bought a, 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 a complete second-hand one for what I spent on the bits, but uh, it, it's my Falcon, and it and it, it means the world to me. So I, I I think it was Star Wars has a a, a, a special um, place uh, in my heart, I think, and 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 always will. And it was it was very magical because now we are blessed, if you like, with with 
huge amounts of Star Wars content. I mean, you can't move for Star Wars content. We've had all these incredible series with more TV series are on the way. But of course, back then you had to wait and fill in the blanks yourselves and, and kind of make up stories as, as children um, about your favorite Star Wars character. And, and yeah, as I say, it was, it was, it was everything really. Yeah, I think, you know, my, my cousin um, was sort of born, born the same year Star Wars came out as well. He's who got me into Star Wars, so I was like a tweener. So I watched it on VHS at his house, um, probably in the 90s, in the early 90s, um, and then was able to watch the special editions in the cinema um, after already being a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, but then when Phantom Menace came out, it was like, I remember reading like in the newspapers, the interviews with the actors, because it was like the first new Star Wars that nobody had seen before. So it was exactly. like... That was the first time me going into something completely new, uh, which was wonderful. Um, there is that, and you're right, there is, there is that, Pete. And I remember as well distinctly going to see, obviously I'm a lot younger than you, but going to see those special editions in the cinema. And that was exciting. That was fantastic. But of course, when that trailer hit for The Phantom Menace and and you know, and, and the wording and every every story has a beginning, whatever it was, and it just it just went took me right back to being a, a child again. And and then as you say, that collective experience of being with people in the cinema on opening night, no one's seen it before. And we're all, we're all enjoying this together at the same time. And it was, it was very special. It is indeed. Um, just to give you a heads up, um, obviously on eBay, you're definitely going to pay over the odds for um, bits and pieces. But if you want, I do know some collecting groups on Facebook where do you? you do get sort of good value and you can, after a certain bit, especially retro pieces, um, I can give you some insight into that to help you out if you've got any other bits you want to. Thank you, Pete. It's not what it's not what you know is who you know. Indeed, you... yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. Um, so obviously, you know you you're a Star Wars fan, sort of. You know from from when you first encountered it, um, sort of on on the VHS tapes. Um, sort of what was the catalyst? Sort of what are the reasons that make you go from being a Star Wars fan into sort of wanting to make a documentary about Star Wars? I think it was something that was that was always there, kind of in the back of my mind, as I became a, a journalist and a, a filmmaker, TV presenter. Um, I used to work for the for the BBC. I'm at ITV News now. Um, I present the news in the in the Anglia region, east of England. Um, but I I've spent 22, 23 years working for the BBC, and I used to present a a, a, a current affairs program. Got axed actually, so I lost I lost my job there. But before that, I had I I've been making films. For a long time, um, all kinds of different things, um, and I did stuff for, for, for BBC Three, BBC Four, um, made stuff for the One Show, presented stuff, um, and and had, had a lot of filmmaking experience. and And I hit upon this idea that no one kind of really had delved into the British connection to Star Wars um, and how much of it was made in the UK um, through through talented filmmakers, designers. Um, you know, production specialists, people like that, who, who kind of, I felt had hadn't really had their moment in the spotlight. There's a fabulous documentary which I'm sure you've seen, Empire of Dreams, two hours long, brilliant documentary. Talks about you know how Star Wars was made, the, the struggles George Lucas had, um, and the special effects and 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 everything that that was done at ILM and he created ILM, um, but there was very little mention of the uh, British um, input, the British involvement, because, um, of course, it was it was filmed in the UK, filmed at Elstree. A lot of British talent designers behind uh, what happened. Um, 
and and a lot of the core people working around George um, were were Brits. Um, so I didn't realise just how much um, the British talent had been involved in in the making of Star Wars until I started delving into it. And I thought, hey, this is this is a story we should tell. Um, so it, I kind of went on the journey of of tracking people down, um, and then eventually the the BBC. <laughs> I, I think I wore them down. I said, look, this is Star Wars. You know, we, the BBC hadn't done a documentary about Star Wars since The Phantom Menace. So it's been nearly 20 years at that point it had been. So so can we, you know, I want to pursue this. So they, they let me pursue it. I felt the British people hadn't really had um, the spotlight on them. So tracking them down became my everything. And finding all these, um, some retired, some semi-retired, you know, professionals in the filmmaking industry. And, uh, and I convinced the BBC that, that this would be a great you know, thing to do. I mean, I didn't realise at that point. I was quite naive, I think, as to how much work it would, it would entail and what it would involve. Because um, essentially it was just me and uh, one of my best friends, a guy called Matt Wildash, who was the director and editor of the, of, the, of the doc. And it was him and me. We kind of embarked on this journey to try and find these people, um, try and persuade uh, people to give us a hand um, and 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 tell their story. That's wonderful. I'm glad you were able to come together with like like-minded Star Wars fans and then sort of pitch that to the BBC. Well, and- I'll tell you how it happened. I, I went up to him. He he's a director. He's still at the BBC. And I went up to him one day and I said, and he rec- he recalls this. He said, I walked around to him. I said, hey, I said, how do you fancy fancy? I said, hey, how do you fancy making a Star Wars documentary with me? And he he looked up and I went, great. And I ran off. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, and I sowed the seed, and it wet his appetite, and um, it went from there. Obviously, you know, you make the documentary, and it's released in a sort of a sixty-minute format, um, and, it, and it comes out. Obviously, that was in twenty seventeen, um, yeah. And then in twenty nineteen, it's sort of an extended version comes out at the eighty-nine minute mark, yeah. Um, so almost ninety minutes. Um, sort of what was the what was the differences between between the two, and sort of what was the situation that enabled you to go back and sort of create an extended version that's a great question pete um i think the 60 minute version we were we we felt very fortunate that we got what we got and um we always felt that it it was we we compromised on the 60 minute version because there were so many great stories that we had to junk we had to we had to uh, prioritize the stories um that were being told within the 60 minute version so to have the luxury to go back to make the 90 minute version was was um, was fantastic because we had all these extra stories we wanted to put in. Uh, great stories from Roger Christian, the set the set decorator, who had so many more stories about the weapons and how he sourced the weapons and how he developed them. Uh, and and I also wanted to get the voices of those who played in the London Symphony Orchestra, you know, under under John Williams, the the, the key players, if we could find them. And also, we were very lucky in the sense that we got a fresh interview with. And Skinner, who was continuity on Star Wars. So I, I wanted to put this all in there. So I, I pitched again to, to BBC Four and said, Star Wars is coming to an end, as we thought at that point. And certainly the Skywalker saga was. Um, so this is beginning of 2019. And of course, um, The Rise of Skywalker came out in December that year. And I said, wouldn't it be great if we just do a, we repackage this up, we do a bit more filming. Uh, we'll pull it all apart. So to to make a to go from a sixty minute to a ninety minute is is quite a, a quite an effort when it comes to filmmaking. We kind of had to pull all the film apart and slot in 
uh, chronologically the new stories, um, so it would all flow. Took a, took a lot more work than I thought it would. That's <laughs> my naivety. Um, well, they said yes. The BBC said yes. And that was coupled with um, a documentary we made as well, a half-hour programme about uh, Palatoy, based in Leicestershire, and the Star Wars toys that, that, um, that were made there. So it was, it was basically a two-hour slot um, just before Christmas, all on Star Wars. I mean, for me, as a Star Wars fan and as a filmmaker, dream come true. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, you know, one of the reasons why I reached out was because, you know, the, the documentary is currently playing on the BBC iPlayer. Uh, yeah. It's the 89-minute version, so your sort of, your special edition of... The, the, as far as I'm concerned, the only edition, but yes, the special edition. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's airing on on iPlayer now. And then, yeah. according to, it's airing this Friday on BBC4 at uh, half past midnight. Um, is it? So Again? That's what it says on the internet. Um, is it really? Oh, you see, this is news to me. I didn't. I didn't even know that. The funny thing is, is that it, it it's now it now has a life of its own because um, it, it it went out. You know, twenty nineteen. It went out last Christmas, and the only reason I found out it went out last Christmas is because somebody tweeted me and said, "Hey, have you seen your documentaries going out again?" I had no idea, um, and then um, I found out about this one. And it's going out again, you say. Goodness me, that's that's a lot of times. So that means it'll be on the iPlayer for even longer because every time it goes on, it gets it gets another month. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the questions I want to ask you. You know, the docs, it's popped up again on BBC. Um, you know, it's going to air on BBC4. It's airing on the iPlayer currently. Um, it's available there. It says for 16 more days, although sometimes it does extend itself past that, um, which it probably will. Um, does that leave you with, like, a proper buzz when, like, it comes about like that, sort of? Something like yeah. this sort of comes back around. Yeah. That's yeah. That's uh, yeah. God, yeah. Of course, it's 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 very exciting to to know that that something you made that that I made at home, I suppose that I sat in my little office at home and and kind of constructed and 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 sat in my friend Matt's home edit suite and put together that has been seen so many times. Um, I mean, Mark Hamill tweeted about it when it when it went on when the shorter version went on BBC World, um, which was a great thrill, as you can imagine. Um, so to to know that it's got a life of its own, and I, I look now and I think oh, I'm getting older, and I look at myself and <laughs> I think who's that young guy? Um, but uh, it's it's nice to know that 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 it's it's still out there and um, will still be seen by many people, which is which is a real thrill. It must be. I mean, I can only think about how how awesome that must feel um obviously you mentioned toy empire um the other documentary that you did based on pallet toy which was sort of the the uk company that made the kenner action figures um do you want to talk about how that came about and also yeah. sort of how much fun you had making that documentary yeah that was an interesting one i was i was turned into so matt the same guy that i made um uh galaxy britain built with he he came up with this idea that I should be turned into a toy, so there should be these little figures that, 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 that pop up within the documentary, which they do. But the the actual idea from that came from a, a great friend of mine, a guy called Rick, and he said, and he ended up, he's a, you know, he, he was on the shoot as well, filmmaker friend, and he and he said, look, I think we should do something about um, uh, toys, and I said, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to be that interested. <laughs> How wrong I was. Um, he he hit the nail right on the head, and um, we ended up. Um, tracking down the guys that, that were the designers and, and on the shop floor and on and the manufacturing side of things as well at Palatoy. So I went to uh, 
I went to the factory in Colville. Well, it's not the factory anymore. It's um, a conference center. But it's all pretty much the same layout as it would have been. Um, you know, because they were making Action Man, Tiny Tears, and then they got the contract for um, for Star Wars. So that was that was very special for them. They other play other. I think other companies. That's right. Other companies within the umbrella group of the organization um, that 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 had the, the the license turned it down, which is insane when you think how popular it was, um, and. And at first, it's, it, the story of, of, of the salespeople trying to sell Star Wars to the retailers is a bit like, it kind of parallels George Lucas's struggle to get people to take the script of Star Wars because no one was really interested. Everyone thought it was going to fizzle out and die because, you know, Star Wars came out in America 25th of May, 1977. It wasn't until the 27th of December that year that it came out in the UK, you know, seven months. And it's unheard of now. But everyone thought, well, this is a this is a toy that's going to come around for a bit and disappear. Well, how wrong they were. But at the time, the retailers, according to the, the salespeople, said, look, yeah, they weren't interested in taking it. Because by the time um, we were trying to pitch this, it was coming to, to, to spring, to summer. People were, were stocking summer toys um, and they didn't want these action figures. And then eventually they took them and, of course, it went bananas can indeed you, you think about some of the how much money some of those original oh. Ken and Palo toys go for now if they're in good condition it's crazy we, yeah we filmed that we filmed an auction actually with with the guys at prop store I've, I've got to know them very well over the years and um Stephen lane's company and and we filmed uh i think i think i think memories memories failing me a bit now but i think it was their very first toy uh, auction they done or vintage toy auction of star wars and some of these figures, Pete, were going for eye-watering sums, you know, 1400 pounds in their packaging. The the cardboard Death Star, which was unique, you know, unique to, to the UK audience, the UK market, um, they were going for 1400 pounds as well. Pieces of cardboard um, were just you know going for crazy money. But it, if it means something to somebody, then of course it has a value. Yeah, it, it's absolutely crazy. You think, you know, the pandemic we've just been through, I've noticed collecting's sort of gone through the roof where a lot of people started collecting either either started or started again over the pandemic. Obviously, you couldn't go anywhere. Um, you know, all those who were still working now were on furlough, you know, we're still sort of bringing money in. And a lot of people started collecting, whether it be Star Wars figures, wrestling figures, um, sports cards, um, all that sort of stuff's gone through the roof. So a lot of people who've been sitting on this stuff, the prices have actually risen over the past few years as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I think as well. I think with the pandemic, everyone kind of took stock, um, had a chance to reflect, and also a chance to clear out the loft. And you, you're finding stuff in the attic or the basement, going, "Well, hang on, I've got all my Star Wars toys here," um, and reconnecting with it. No, definitely one of my one of my favorite bars up here in Newcastle um, is is called Ernest, and um, the man who owns that has sort of his he has the first set of figures from. In New Hope in the Does first step from Empire Strikes Back, but they're actually on display in the bar, um, wow. which is really cool. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in pretty good condition. Um, yeah, I've still got mine, I've still got mine. They're not, I'm not sure how good a condition they're in, but I've got the, I've got still got the, the uh, the Darth Vader um head carry case, so they're all in there. I keep them safe in there. Oh, fantastic! Um, but I'd like, to, I should display them really, but I've got enough Star Wars stuff up as <laughs> it is. I've I've just started literally in the pandemic. I started collecting vintage, so I've got a lot of nineties stuff and a lot of modern stuff. Um, but I've 
started just piece by piece, not, not even expensive pieces, even if they're a bit worn. But I try to track them down at vintage markets and stuff. If I see one, I'll grab it. Um, so yeah, the, that's the thing. I think the, the bargains are to they're harder to find, but they are still out there. Yeah, definitely. I think I got a Boba Fett. Um, a little bit worn, not too bad though, for about twenty pounds. But you know, they, they go, they can go for more on eBay sometimes. So you yeah, know, it's very I, good. Yeah, I'm piece by piece putting it together, which is quite cool. Um, and obviously, still lots to go, which is always good when you're on the hunt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, do you, do you hope one day that maybe Toy Empire gets a gets a re-release out there? Well, uh, to be fair, Pete, Toy Empire's been out, uh, I think, more times than Galaxy Britain built. Good, would you believe it? It, it went on because it was actually a, a commission. Was also it was also BBC World stumped up some of the money as well, and they were very keen. They ran that so many times um, uh, during uh, into 2020, 2021. Um, so yeah, and as I say, it went out again last. Yeah, that went out again last Christmas as well. So they've certainly had their money's worth out of the documentaries. Oh, I hope you're getting some royalties every time. No, not at all. Not not one penny. Uh, I'm afraid to say. But I, as I said to you just now, it's a real honour and a real privilege to know that that the stories of those amazing people and some of them have become really good friends of mine um, are out there. And of course, you know, since we made the, the doc. Um, since we made the Galaxy Britain build, two of those amazing people have passed away. Um, you know, John Mollo, the costume designer, um, he died before the documentary went out. Um, and and uh, the, Gary Kurtz, the producer, he, he died um, in 2018, so he didn't see the long version. Uh, I've been in touch with his, with his, with his wife um, and I've sent her the, the, the program and, and a copy of the book. Um, but yeah, I mean these these guys were were instrumental in in bringing us Star Wars, and 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 sadly they are they are getting on now. I think that's another part. Of, you know, Star Wars has been around for so long now. You know, like over forty years. Yeah. And, you know, making these documentaries here. You know, obviously great for yourself, but you know, you managed to capture these people's thoughts. Who you know, who you know, p- people do get old, and you know, everybody has to die at some point. But you know, because of what you guys did, you know these guys' opinions and thoughts are, are captured forever now. Yeah, and I think that was that was what we felt we were doing. And I remember every, certainly every interview we did, um, whether we were, because we filmed in London, we filmed in Oxfordshire where, where John lived. Um, we went to the Car- Caribbean to see uh, Nick Maley, who made Yoda. Um, and, and we spent a lot of time in LA uh, picking up interviews. And then we did more back in London. Uh, and I think with every interview, we we felt we were getting closer to, to making a film, but also we were capturing, as you say, quite rightly say, is capturing just those those memories, those thoughts, things that had never been told before about Star Wars. Because I, I thought I thought everything's been told about Star Wars. Surely, I mean, are we going to find stuff that's that's new? And my word, every time I asked a question, I went in, I went into every interview. Um, as a as a fan, but also also as a as a kind of as a journalist, and thinking now, what would what would I want to hear as a as a, a fan of Star Wars watching this? Um, and then every time someone said something, I was I was hooked, and I would then the next question would flow. So I I didn't really kind of plan <laughs> the interviews. I did in my head, but I didn't go in with loads of questions. I just kind of just sat down for a chat. And so one of the interviews um, was three three and a half hours long. Um, just just one interview. It's just crazy to think how much filming we did for for an hour and a half movie. But 
it, it's just so intriguing to hear their stories and to and to discover things as we went. It was just it was just amazing. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you, you've hinted at some of the people you interviewed. Um, you know, you interviewed some some big people of the production. You know, like Sir Gary Kurtz, the producer, the likes of Robert Watts, the uh, the production um, supervisor. Um, what was sort of one of your favorite interview moments in making the documentary? Oh, do you know, Robert's become a great friend actually. We've kept in touch and uh, been to see him several times, and he's he's a lovely man, a big heart, kind, and what a talent. You know, he he was the producer on on you know the the first three Indiana Jones films. And and obviously on Star Wars and got the producer credit for for Return of the Jedi, and just a lovely man. And we we hired we hired the studio, Studio Eight, I think it was. Yeah, it was Studio Eight at Elstree, um, and to do some pieces to camera, to do some filming, and then we that's where we were interviewing Robert. So he turned up with Sue, his lovely assistant, uh, who's been also a great friend. And, and and of course I'd never met him. We'd spoken on the phone. And to see him there and to see his face light up because he was back in that studio, you know, a place where he'd made Star Wars, where he'd made Indiana Jones, where he'd spent so much of his life. You know, he did six movies with Harrison Ford, you know, lifelong friends. And there, there he was just beaming from ear to ear. And you could just tell he was just so happy to be there. And he tells this great story um, about how he went to Pinewood and they didn't want to hire out the whole of Pinewood to, to the production, to Star Wars. So he said, okay, so he went to Elstree. And uh, I can't remember the financial situation with Elstree, but he got the whole place, uh, all the sound stages, all the studios, all the workshops, all the grounds, they could do everything, all the work on, on the aliens in the cantina, the whole lot for £75,000 uh, for the whole production. Wow. <laughs> he, said, what, he said it was the best deal ever made in his life, which is, which is, is in the documentary. And I... Stories like that, I mean, that's incredible. He, he, because he thought, right, okay, with Pinewood don't want us, I'll go down the road to Elstree. And Elstree said, yeah, and they, and they took him up on it. And, and that's why Elstree is the, is the original home of, of Star Wars. That's, that's wonderful. And it, it, you know, it, it, they say Star Wars is poetry, it rhymes because things keep happening similar. But that reminds mm. me of a story George Lucas tells me they were looking to hire staging for Return of the Jedi in America. and you know, that's where the Blue Harvest name came about because that's right. the Star Wars name, they jumped the price up on them, but then when the rat back up, <laughs> right, they, got yeah. they got it for, got it for cheaper. Um, obviously, Very wise. So obviously, you know, you've, you've, you know, the, the documentaries came out, then you've managed to go back and make a longer version of the documentary, the complete version. Um, and you've also, Toy Empire comes out at the same time. Um, and then obviously, you know, the book comes out, um, sort of, same time as the complete version of the documentary, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. So I, I'd made the sixty-minute version of Galaxy, and um, I, I thought, I wonder if there's a book in this. And I, I transcribed all the all the interviews, and and that's a tedious job in itself. That's, I think, it's, as a filmmaker, that's the worst job uh, to do. But it's so it's so crucial to making a film because you have to know every single word, every single sentence. So every three or four three hours of uh, so for every hour of, of footage of, of interview, I'd spend three to four hours transcribing it. That's how long it would take. So I had all this material, and I also decided to re-interview re them as well. So I, I spoke to everyone again, you know, on the phone, and, and, and went to see Robert. Um, and I decided there was a book in it because I had some, I had access to some fabulous behind-the-scenes photographs that had never been seen before. You know, from Les Dilly, uh, who was the assistant art director. Um, 
and 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 from Robert and from Gary and people gave me these photographs to use like, with their permission in the book. So I thought I've got a, I've got enough for a book here. So um, I, I tried some publishers in the UK. People weren't interested in the UK, but so so ironically that <laughs> my publisher Bear Manor Media is based in the States. Um, so so I took the Galaxy Britain built to America and this and the, and the publisher there Ben said yeah I'll. I'll take a chance on it. So he did, which is great. So I was very grateful. Um, and I set about writing the book and it took me about three or four months, uh, you know, around work and stuff. Um, and, and I turned it into a book and it came out and I didn't realize it had come out because <laughs> I was so busy getting everything done for the long version of, of, of the documentary Antoy Empire. And it came out in November um, 2019. And it, I suddenly saw it was on Amazon. I thought, that's my book. My book's on Amazon. <laughs> And then I emailed the publisher. He said, "Oh yeah, sorry, I never chance to tell you it's out." <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, there we go. So I thought. So, so the funny thing is, I, I had to order the books. He was sending me a batch, my first lot of complimentary books from the publisher, but I couldn't wait. So I I ended up buying my own book off Amazon just so I could see it in print. So so I ordered my own book um, just so I could see it quickly. So it was still a real thrill to kind of you know to see your own book. And, and Robert wrote the the forward for it as well. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Obviously, you know, the book, which is the Galaxy Britain build, the British talent behind Star Wars, is obviously available in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle, and obviously it is on Amazon, so it's nice and easy to find for everybody. Um, obviously, I think, you know, looking at it, one of the things that I think it it does well that not many books do is, you know, you mentioned how long it took and the time and effort it took to sort of tan- transcribe those interviews, but sort of that's that's where the sort of these people's stories is the heart of it. So, you know, I think, I think that's, that's what makes the book special. So- Thank you. I appreciate that. That's, that's really true. It's, it's, I think it's, it's like any interview we do is somebody it's spending time with somebody. And, and if you have a real passion for the subject and you really are intrigued and interested in what they have to say, you'll, you'll dig further. You'll ask the next question and the next question and the next question. If, the, if there's no, if there aren't time constraints, then you'll just keep going. And that's what we did. So, as I said, you know, the documentary, The Galaxy Britain Built, um, The British Force Behind Star Wars, is available on BBC iPlayer now, and it's also airing on BBC Four this Friday um, at half past midnight. Um, but obviously, the best place is probably on iPlayer to catch it. on. Yeah, no one wants to stay up that late, Pete. No one wants to stay and watch it at half past midnight. So, so catch it on iPlayer uh, now, watch it whenever you want. Um, as I said before, you know, The Galaxy Britain Built, The British Talent Behind Star Wars, uh, the book, which again has these fantastic transcribed, um, you know, in-depth interviews with people who know some people who aren't even with us anymore but have told and worked on star wars we've created this thing that we love um you know that that's available now on amazon um you know in both hardback paperback and on kindle um i'm going to give you a hard question now um Go on. which are you prouder of the book or the doc oh tricky Tricky, that is tough, actually. Gosh, <laughs> really, really. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the doc because it came first. Yeah, without sort of without the doc, the book maybe doesn't come. Yeah, I think I think the doc. I, I, the the thing for me as a filmmaker is, as a presenter, is that I've always said that if you're presenting a documentary, you should be there as a guide, and you kind of disappear. And I I can watch that. I never thought I'd be able to. I can actually watch that. I feel like I'm not in it. Apart from the beginning, I kind of then forget that I'm in it and just listen to their stories. So, so I, I watch it as a piece of television and forget I'm in it because I'm so engrossed in what because it's all about them. It's all about this 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 cast of behind the scenes talent. 
um, who who brought us Star Wars um, and and you know an Empire and, and Rogue One etc. You know because we talked to Gareth Edwards and Colin Gowdy, and so I think so for me yeah to watch it and and enjoy it and without thinking oh I've aged since then or whatever I can kind of just put that to one side and enjoy listening to their stories. Have you got any last things you want to speak about the documentary or the book before we move on to some quick fire Star Wars questions? No, I think I think you've covered it, Pete, and I I'm very grateful. I just I, the funny thing is I I will say this: it, uh, filmmaking is a, is a is a painful process. <laughs> so so I I look back at it now and I've forgotten I've forgotten the the pain of making it because there were times and it was so frustrating, and and you know not dealing with the, the, not not the people I spoke to they were great, but certain elements of it were just so difficult logistics and and looking at rights and and dealing with the intellectual property lawyers and all that kind of stuff it was really complicated um and it was all consuming and there were times when i actually hated star wars because <laughs> i thought i was so deep into it that i i had to finish it um it's only afterwards when when you finish and you see it and you forget and you and the reviews were amazing the critics were kind we had just, I mean, really amazing reviews in the in the papers, you know, in in, in the Guardian, the Mail, the Times, the Sunday Times. Uh, but what I was always conscious of was, um, would the fans like it? Would the fans love it? I was always worried. And my wife said to me, she said, "Look, you're going to get some flack for this. There'll be people that won't like it." And to this day, touch wood, I've never had anything negative said about it, which to me is uh, just incredible. I just was just inundated with messages kind tweets and and emails and just just amazing so i'm i'm very grateful to the star wars community for accepting it and enjoying it and um yeah i i i i i feel very very uh, privileged to have done it fantastic well i know you know it it, it is it is great and you know it, and it thank allows, you allows these people to tell their story so you know I would like to think nobody could say anything negative about it because essentially just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a piece of love about Star Wars and it gets, it lets us see, you know, these people who made Star Wars with love tell their story. So there's nothing negative to say about it at oh, all. So. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to move on to some uh, rapid fire Star Wars. Go questions. for it. I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay. So first one up is what's your favorite piece of Star Wars merchandise that you own? Oh gosh. I think I'm going to have to say, as much as I've got quite a bit, a few bits and bobs, I'm gonna to have to go the Millennium Falcon. I just, I just love its design. I love the. This is my original toy from, from the eighties. Um, it's actually a Kenner. It's not Palatoy, but yeah, it's. Um, I, I love it. I think that's gonna to have to be. I do have a, I do have a, um, a lightsaber hilt from what were they called? Master replicas, um, which they don't make them anymore. So I do have one of those, and I do love that. Just looking at it, but, but um, it's, it's, it's Luke's hilt from return of the jedi and as i said earlier that's very nice yeah very close to my heart so so those two i suppose but probably just the falcon picks it hasbro i've just announced um so they're releasing their sort of a their high-end version of the return of the jedi luke scout i'd say that's up for pre-order now so if you were wanting to maybe Oh, in something no, I, 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 try, I try and resist now, Pete. I try and resist. I try not to buy anything Star Wars related if I can help it now because I have so much stuff in cupboards and boxes and I just think I can't. So I try not to now. But don't, don't sow the seed. <laughs> I'll not send you a link, I promise. Okay, look, thank I'll you. <laughs> um, obviously, speaking of Star Wars merchandise, um, 
what's one holy grail piece that you really want to have that you don't own? If you could have any piece that you don't have, yeah, I think if I could have any piece, because I'm not, I'm not too. I just, I think, I think I'd love, you know, if I could get hold of the rocket firing Boba Fett, because I love Boba Fett, um, and uh, in fact, I started making a documentary about Boba Fett, but then abandoned it. I'm afraid. Well, it's it's, it's kind of I don't think I haven't quite abandoned it, but it's it's in it's 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 kicking around, um, virtually complete. To be fair. Um, so I do love the character. So if I could get hold of a, a rocket firing Boba Fett, that, that Steve Sansweet's got many of these. I met Steve at Star Wars Celebration in, in Anaheim this year. Um, and, we, and I gave him a copy of the book and the documentary. When, and I thought, wow, it's now in the world's biggest Star Wars collection. But to see that rocket firing Boba Fett, I thought, yeah, one of those would be pretty cool. That's awesome. Mine is um, what I want is I want an original um Revenge of the Jedi teaser poster oh, that got sent off. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think I think Robert Watts had one of those. I'm oh, pretty wow. sure but he did. My yeah. wife says they're far too expensive uh, for me to even contemplate. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> sure I, I wouldn't want to even want to ask how much they cost. It's the same as the rocket firing Boba Fett. It ain't going to happen for us, Pete. It's not happening. Yeah, certainly. I'll, always, <laughs> I'll keep dreaming. I'll keep dreaming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Star Wars music track? really tough i there's a lot that i love i love i love jewel of the fates i really love jewel of the fates um i like i like ray's theme the imperial march is up there it's obviously the main title but i think if i have to think of one that really gets me it's tales of the tales of the jedi knight is that what it's called the one from new hope when when Obi-Wan Kenobi says, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's a name I've not heard for a long time. And it, you hear that, um, I think it's the flutes playing. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I think one of mine is, uh, so, the end of The Force Awakens, where you have the Jedi Steps in finale. Oh, yeah. With, with that movie ending and such sort of a, the, mo- the end of the movie is almost the beginning. Yes. Of like, what's yeah. to come. So, I remember just listening to that track, like, Listen to sort of the Jedi steps bit, and then going into the finale, into the end credits. Yes. Um, I remember listening to that like sort of every time I was traveling to and from work, just because it just made us dream about what was going to happen next because of how it ended on the cliffhanger. Um, yeah, no, very true. That's, that's it's a great piece of music. Yeah, John that. Williams. I mean, genius. Yes, definitely. Um, so that, that that's one of mine. Um, if you I want to be... listen to that now, I want to listen to that now. You said that. <laughs> definitely enjoy it. Um, if you could be a background character um, in any Star Wars scene, oh. which one would you choose and why? Wow. 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 Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to go. I, I, no, I, no one will ever pick this. No one will ever pick this. In the original film, in A New Hope, you, you see the background canteen characters. There's one that's like a, a big fluffy bird, and, he, and, he, and he, he or she, whatever, wiggles their nose and it makes a funny noise. I'd be that one. I know the one you mean. Know you know what I mean, mean. Don't you? you know exactly what I mean, yeah. Pete. Yeah, I, I just, I do a, what kind of crazy, I do that one. But then, wouldn't you want to be, have your face seen, because then you could just, you know, say, I was in Star Wars and that's me there, I suppose. But yeah, that one, that character. I think I would want to, I would want to voice a droid or be like inside a droid, oh, I think. Yeah, if you could be, you'd be uh, immortalized as a, a, the voice of a droid. Yeah, and you probably... Be, you're probably that definitely getting the action figures off your droid. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. So that's me. 
Um, what are you looking forward to most going forward coming from Star Wars? Oh, wow. I'm very behind with Andor. I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, I was enjoying the start of it. Um, I loved Obi-Wan. Loved The Mandalorian. Um, I'm looking forward to the Ahsoka series, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, actually. I really am. I can't remember. When's it out? You'll know. When's it out? So Ahsoka series is planned in for next year, um, probably around summer or later. Right, um, okay. So I think we're getting... it's. So we're getting Book of Boba, not Book of Boba, we're getting Mandalorian Season 3 at the beginning of yes. next year. Yeah. And then, well, that's and then gonna be great. that'll be after. Yeah, um, well, the Mandalorian is, a, is you know, a, a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Love it. Love it. Um, so, yeah. But so cool. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. I recommend, so I've just binge-watched um, Tales of the Jedi, the new animated series. Ah, right. Is that good? Yeah, so they're quite short episodes, so you can binge them quite easily and, like, it deals with sort of a lot of Count Dooku and the Jedi sort of. Ah, yes, I've seen era. that. Yeah, and it's it's wonderful. It's almost it's 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 wonderful, tragic, and hopeful all in one. Um, yeah. very charming but very tragic but hopeful. Um, that's very Star Wars, though, isn't it? I mean, that's that's Star Wars. It's the it's the mixture, isn't it? Yes, and that's that's exactly what I watched. I was like, we need more of this. There's plenty of Jedi to tell tales about. So I hope I hope they bring them in. But um. Liam Neeson comes back to revise some of his role. Um, Does he? Just little bits. Of, and it, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And because they're so short, um, you know, they're really bite sizable. You could binge them really easily. Um, so, yes, I, I definitely recommend Tales of the Jedi. Um, Brilliant. That's great. Thank God. Of, you get a little bit of a soaker in there as well. Obviously, a little warm up maybe for the Ahsoka series. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely up for that. That sounds great. What's your favorite bit of Star Wars clothing that you own? Star Wars clothing. Uh, <laughs> I bought I bought uh, a Han Solo replica jacket from Force Awakens because I really thought it was cool. Oh, <laughs> I think I've worn it like twice. That's but yeah, it's, it is quite cool. I bought that ages ago. I, I that's what it was. So so when when I got excited about making the Galaxy Britain built, it was because the Force Awakens had come out, and I saw it I think nine or ten times at the cinema. I was away a lot working, so I was on my own, and I would think, oh, I'll go to cinema tonight. Um, so I did see it quite a few times. Um, I love that film. And last but not least, what is your favourite Star Wars film? Oh, it's got to be Empire. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go old school and say Empire Strikes Back. Um, but uh, but Rogue One is a very close second for me, I think, yeah, followed well, by Return of the Jedi, then New Hope. Rogue One is fantastic. It's a lovely movie. Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. going to tell you what mine is because... I find it hard from day to day. Mine changes, so <laughs> does it? Yeah, but, maybe. But no. Yeah, but I, I just think if if Empire's on, if it's on the television, even though I've got it on Blu-ray and what have you, I just think, oh, I just, I just get into it, and then it's great. But I, as I say, Return of the Jedi. I'm going to tell you this. So there's one bit for me that sums up Star Wars. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about this podcast interview with you, Pete, and I thought there's one bit that sums up Star Wars for me. It's a, it's a feeling. It's, it's, it's one scene. And, the, and it's it's when it's not Luke or Han or Leia. It's when Lando is in the bowels of the Death Star, the second Death Star. Wedge takes out some antenna or something, and then and then the Falcon nails that main reactor, and they're bombing it like crazy through that through the shafts, and all the flames are coming. All the Tie Fighters are getting blown to smithereens. And then, the, and then you see that their point of view shot, and the whole thing is engulfed in flames. And you see the tie fighters behind us explode. You think they're not going to make it, and then they punch through that fire. And that yee-haw that 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 Billy D 
Williams lets out is just that Star Wars for me. That's that's like that elate that the peril and the danger and the heroism and then the relief and then the excitement and knowing that they've done it. Like that to me is just yeah. that I remember sitting as I say, when I was six and I saw the cinema, I was just my eyes were on stalks. It's just, you know, it's like, yes, that's Star Wars. That's kicking it, you know, it's sorting the bad guys out, it's redemption, it's hope and uh, exhilaration. And I think also togetherness, because I can't picture that scene without Lando doing the hee-haw, but then Nainoom sort of with a big smile. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. well next to him. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said his name, because I was I wanted to say his name, but I, I couldn't remember how to pronounce it. So I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to go back to your Star Wars clothing bit, uh, I got like a, I can't remember a company made them, but a company made like jackets similar to Rogue One. So I've got like a, I've got a jacket similar to Captain Andor's. Oh, wow. But, um, but my wife does not enjoy me wearing that one as well. Yeah, that's the thing. You see, <laughs> you've got to do it with your friends. You've got to do it with your pals. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always go down well. I think it looks great, but she's saying, she thinks it looks like a piece of costume. I was like, well, that's probably good if it looks that good. That looks like it was using the movie. But um, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Indeed. But, I, I, but I, I, I can empathize. <laughs> but no, that brings that brings an end um, to, to, to our interview. Thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Oh, honestly, Pete, I've really enjoyed it. And it's been a long time since I've talked about the, the, the whole process. So so thank you. I, I feel yeah, very flattered to be to be to be on, on Star Wars with you today. Thank you very much. Are you gonna be at Star Wars Celebration in April? I am gonna be at Star Wars Celebration. Yes, I am indeed. So I was at, I was in Anaheim uh, with some friends. I was invited out there. Um, very nice. I was their guest, which was fantastic, and um, I'm I'm gonna be in London. So I'll, I'll see you there. You will indeed. So I did London, then I did Orlando and Chicago. I missed Anaheim, um, but I'm coming to this one in London, so I will buy you a beer. You can I, well, beer. I, I will. I will reciprocate, sir. So thank you very much. Spot on. Uh, do you want to let the people know where they can find you on social media? You can, yeah. Uh, if you want to contact me about the book or anything to do with Star Wars or anything, really, it's David Whiteley TV on Twitter at David Whiteley TV on Twitter. I'm David Whiteley Media on uh, Instagram, and my websites are Galaxy Productions. And uh, the Galaxy Britain built UK. You can contact me through there if you'd like a signed copy of the book. And remember, the documentary, The Galaxy Britain Built, The British Force Behind Star Wars, is airing now on um, BBC iPlayer. And for those who want to stay up, it's on Friday at uh, 30 minutes past midnight uh, on BBC4. And obviously the book, um, The Galaxy Britain Built, The British Talent Behind Star Wars, is available now, uh, both in hardback, paperback, and Kindle edition uh, on Amazon. And obviously, as David just said, you can reach out to him to get signed copies as well, which is fantastic. But no, thank you very much, uh, David. It's been fantastic. I've had a lovely time chatting Star Wars with you. That, that's great, Pete. And listen, I'd love to give one of your list if you one of your listeners a, a copy of the book. So if you want to if you want to do a competition or anything, I'd happily send you one, sign it, whatever, devalue it by signing it. So just just we, let me know. We will do that. Yes. So uh, listen, stay tuned to our social media to see how you can win a signed copy of. David's wonderful book. Um, listeners, thank you very much for listening. David, thank you very much for joining me. May the force be with you all. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. 
Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of the Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shout! We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class? My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Gamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages out of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire right here? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon. <laughs> 